Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. It's very possible that you've never heard of the Focus on Faith podcast. That's because this is a very new thing. This is, in fact, episode 5 of 5. And I'm really glad you're with us for this little fifth step on a road that I hope takes us on a long and joyful journey. I do know it will be a better journey because you're here. Well, as I'm recording today, we're just a few days on past the 4th of July holiday. It was a little strange this year, what with the coronavirus mess and all of these things going on and all of the stuff that we're trying to do to maybe try to get a handle on this thing. And yet some of the things that we did were pretty much normal. One of the things we did was make some homemade ice cream. We might have been a little more careful about who we shared it with and invited to uh, partake of it because you don't want to infect anybody just in case, you know, all of those things. We're trying to be careful. But I remembered holidays way back then, July the 4th, Independence Day celebrations where we made ice cream and at other times too. You may remember, if you're a little bit older than, uh, say, a millennial, you may remember sitting on top of an ice cream freezer. Ours were not electric. They were hand-powered. And so you would get a kid or someone, you'd put some newspapers uh, over the top. You know, you got the ice cream all mixed up. You've got the ice. You've got the ice cream salt. And then mom and dad would put some newspapers over the top of newspapers. That's something, you know, I hope that our kids understand. But uh, anyway, this is getting harder to explain. Newspapers. Back then, they were not just little pamphlets. They were, were bigger things than they are now. And they would lay a newspaper. Oh, I hope our kids know what a newspaper is. Anyway, you put the newspaper down on top of the ice cream freezer and then mom and dad would put some towels on top of the newspaper, and then they would put a kid on top of that. One of the littler guys, usually that was my brother or me uh, in the days I'm recalling, would be plopped, sat down, plopped down on top of the whole thing. And then dad or a brother or sister or, or, or even mom, she was pretty tough, Somebody would crank that thing, and they would take turns cranking that. And, of course, as Jim and I got older, we also would take our turn cranking. And you cranked it, and you cranked it, and you cranked it, and you cranked it, and you cranked it. And eventually, when it could not possibly be cranked another turn, it was ready. And there you go. You had homemade ice cream. Now, when my wife and I got married... One of the wonderful things, of many wonderful things she brought to the marriage, was the fact that she's a great cook. She got that genetically. She got that from her mother, who was a fantastic cook. Her mother had a great ice cream recipe, just vanilla ice cream. And you could do, the nice thing about vanilla ice cream is you can use it as a base to make all sorts of other homemade ice creams. But she had this great vanilla ice cream recipe, the best I have ever tasted Juana took it. I think she actually made it a little better, if that would be possible. 
She took that great vanilla ice cream recipe, and she's made all sorts of nice ice creams with that. But my favorite, I think, of all time, oh, I don't know, it almost might have been this year. She took some dark chocolate, and she melted it, and she put that in the ice cream mixture. She took some bits of chocolate, little bits of chocolate, and threw that in there, and then some peanut butter in the middle of that amazingly rich vanilla base, and that was ice cream to die for. I still think that perhaps my favorite, though, is the flavor that we had when I was a kid. And I haven't heard of this too many other places. I haven't heard of other people doing this. But for some reason, mom and dad chose to make some pineapple cherry ice cream. They would take a great vanilla recipe and they would put a can of sliced, uh, crushed actually, pineapple in the vanilla ice cream base. And then they would take a bunch of maraschino cherries. The more, the merrier, I thought. They would cut those up and throw them in. They would also throw in some of that beautiful red cherry juice so that the ice cream turned out to be kind of pink. And with just the right amount of crushed pineapple in it and as many maraschino cherries as you could get in it all sliced up, wow, it was good. And so I brought that to the marriage. And so we put together this wonderful vanilla base that my wife brought. And we put that with the pineapple cherry ice cream recipe that I brought. And we have had some of the finest ice cream that you can ever imagine. And I guess that really is my all-time favorite. Now, it would be a mistake for me to go back and say, although I have great memories of this, it would be a mistake for me to go back and say that because all of this came from, a lot of it came from the past, that the changes and the improvements that we made to those two recipes and put them together, putting them together as one recipe, were somehow wrong or misguided because there were changes. It actually is better. But it would also be crazy for me to say that just because we've learned some things uh, technologically and whatever, and we now have an ice cream freezer that you can actually plug in to the wall. You can plug the cord in and it actually turns. It doesn't require a child on top to make homemade ice cream anymore. Just because that's true, we're so much farther advanced and we're just such a better class of people than people were back then. And you know, well, that's just self-righteous and arrogant and it's just not true. I guess I'm saying that it seems to me that people are pretty much people, and none of us have arrived, whether I'm looking at the present or the past, and I hope those that come on down the line can be nice in the way that uh, they reflect on the times we're living in now. Cut us a little slack, because I don't think we're perfect, and I really think we're probably going to need it. Well, I'd like to tell you something about me, but as I've told you already in these earlier episodes, I don't want to bore you with too much uh, all, all at once. I will say that one of the things that I love doing the most is singing. During this COVID-19 pandemic, I'm not one of those singers who is having a really hard time because all of my gigs are canceled, and that's my main way of making a living. Yeah, all of my gigs are canceled, but that is not my main way of making a living. I just miss singing, and I hope that we'll be back and doing a whole lot more of that real soon. I have been using this as a time to work on recording some songs for a new album, and I'll tell you more about that down the line as we get closer to having that really come true and come to fruition. As it is, just let me say, I've got at my website, www.curtisshelburn, there's an E on that, dot com, 
I've got at my website a lot of stuff about three albums, among other things, that I've recorded and produced. And I'd love it if you take a look at some of those and see what you think. It's also a good place if somebody would like to listen to the earlier episodes or if they would like to subscribe or if they might like to buy a CD or two or three or a few for family and friends or if they'd like to look at my Focus on Faith blog. There are a lot of things there that people might be interested in that you might enjoy looking at and I'd love for you to spend some time there if you'd like. My first CD is, was called A Place of Grace. And it has some good songs in it, I think. A lot of them of a kind of a light contemporary Christian nature. I'm trying to think. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. I love that one. It's got the beautiful, the most well-known hymn of the Christian faith, Amazing Grace, with a little bit of a twist. And a lot of you have heard that one. My Chains Are Gone. Boy, I love that song. I've got Wonderful, Merciful Savior. You may not have heard that one. It's a really good one. I've got The Touch of the Master's Hand. What a beautiful ballad. I love that song. And I've got one that really surprised me. One day my producer came in as we were trying to decide what songs to include on that album. And he said, Curtis, you ought to sing Long Black Train. And I said, well, Daryl, I hate to admit it, but that's where I had to admit I didn't know Long Black Train. And so I thought, well, it sounded like something Johnny Cash might have recorded. And I like Johnny Cash a lot, but just because uh, I don't know if he sang it and sang it well, that doesn't mean I should even sort of attempt to sing it. It might mean that I shouldn't. And I looked at it and listened to it. And I found out that Josh Turner is the one who has made that song famous. What a great job he does singing that song. But Daryl said, you know, Curtis, that's your range. I think you could do that. And I think it'd be good. And I think it'll sell that CD. Well, he was partly right about that. I don't know if I did a good job at it or not. You can tell me, but I'll guarantee you it has been one of the things that's helped sell that CD. A lot of folks really have enjoyed that song, and I've sure had a good time singing it. So that's there on the Place of Grace album that is available on my website. There also is a Christmas album available there. I'll tell you more about that down the line. There is an album of great American songbook songs. I'm thinking it had to be you. Oh, I'll tell you more about that too. But I sing a duet with my daughter-in-law on that one. And listening to Amy sing is worth the price of the album. Also, by the way, on the A Place of Grace album, Amy sings a duet with me that is called Written in Red. Oh, the only problem with singing that with Amy is it's hard to sing when you're crying. And that girl, her voice just brings me to tears. It's so beautiful. You can do so much at that website. I hope you'll go there and check it out. I'd really, really appreciate it. And now, let's focus on faith. Well, I guess the turtle was right, and rain was on the way. If you can't trust a turtle, the epitome of slow, faithful plotting, who can you trust? Not flighty or flitting, manic or depressive, just one step at a time dependability. That's the ticket, turtle. But I'm getting ahead of myself. A couple of days ago, I looked through a window at the back of our house and spied trudging across the property in a generally southerly direction, a fine example of terrapine ornata, otherwise known as an ornate box turtle. 
better yet known in these here parts simply as a turtle because, ornate or not, this species of turtle is the only kind I've ever seen here. Confirmation came when iNaturalist, iNaturalist is a great app you can get for your phone to help easily identify all sorts of flora and fauna. You can take a picture, you can make observations, you post it on up into the sky, and you can compare notes then with other people's observations, and the program itself will give you a picture or say, here's what we think this is, whether it's a flower or a plant or an animal or whatever, or a reptile. Confirmation came when iNaturalist nailed this guy as a North American box turtle, sometimes referred to as the Western box turtle or ornate box turtle. Yep, terrapine ornata. A little more reading, and I'm kind of thinking this guy may be a gal and very likely no spring chicken. These creatures can easily live for decades. Who knows? This may be the same individual my grandkids saw lumbering across the same terrain almost a year ago. Turtles all look alike to me, says me, betraying shocking species-specific prejudice and appalling insensitivity. Ah, but you can't expect too much from me. I'm no genealogist, but what I've read strongly hints that my Shelburne ancestors were fiercely true to the British crown, and maybe even that some of the bunch who'd made their way to this side of the pond chose to be loyalists who went to Canada rather than lift a sword or a musket against King George III a couple of years after all that fine tea was dumped into Boston Harbor. So, I confess, I'm tainted. If I could find a statue of me, I'd pull it down in shame. But the sackcloth and ashes, statuary graffiti, and soul-grinding guilt will have to wait for another day. Maybe Thursday, 2 o'clock. The topic now is tertular, don't look that word up, tertular weather prognosticating. And honestly, I'm not sure if the turtle deserves bragging rights or not. From what I've read, this kind of turtle is quite fond of rain and tends to be more active after a good reptile washing downpour, which may wash amphibians too, but a turtle is not one, I may confidently proclaim, as I feel all woke now regarding turtles. Obviously, the turtle knows he's wet after a rain, but what I'm investigating now is whether or not turtles are among the creatures who know instinctively that a frog washer is coming. I've been told by at least one farmer that when he sees turtles out turtling about, he figures rain is likely on the way. Thus, I say, I guess the turtle was right. If my farmer friend is right. We've had, for two sweet days in a row now, at least a little bit of rain each day, and we really needed it. Turtles are not the only folks who feel better after rain, and I thank the Lord for it. Back to our ancestors. Maybe some of them should have thought more about it before they chose to build in what is basically a desert. Still, it's mostly been a good life here even if the water's always been short above ground and is getting a lot sparser below ground. And these days, goodness knows, our ancestors could use a little slack and some appreciation. The kind we're all, whoever we are, if our species is human, sure to need ourselves down the line. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us. 
and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.